So the text in which we find ourselves today is a time where after Adam and Eve were in the garden and they uh, had some children and those children had children and we fast forward uh, through the book of Genesis, uh, we fast forward to the book of Exodus and God delivers, he makes these this people out of a press uh, group in Egypt and they become the people of Israel. And they were under oppression and God delivered them out of oppression. And he began to take them on a journey where they had the promise of being able to be into a land where in this land they would be flourishing again. And this journey took a really long time. It actually took 40 years. And we are in our text today in Deuteronomy 8 in a place where God is trying to prepare them to be able to handle the land, the flourishing, the gift, the abundance of which God gave them. So what we're going to do is, this is actually a pretty long text, and I don't know if any of y'all ever um, heard about the, experience, the Bible experience, but it's this really cool uh, audio recording of the Bible where these actors come together and there's a soundtrack, And so we're going to listen uh, to Deuteronomy 8, and we're going to listen to the text and and kind of close your eyes if that helps you, or or, or just try to imagine uh, Moses speaking to you as a people who are God's people and are about to walk into this promised land, and God's trying to prepare you to be able to handle this abundance, this gift, this flourishing, this heaven on earth. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that people do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land a land with streams and pools of water, with springs flowing in the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten, and are satisfied. Praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. 
Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed like the nations the Lord destroyed before you. So you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. Here, Israel, you are now about to cross the Jordan to go in and dispossess nations greater and stronger than you, with large cities that have walls up to the sky. The people are strong and tall. Anakites, you know about them. Amen. Thank God for the reading of his Let's pray. Lord, we just um, ask that in this time that you would speak to us wherever we are in this journey, that we may be people that might be faithful, that we may be people um, that would flourish the way that you desire for us to flourish, and that we would um, help to bring others into this journey and this walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So um, this year, uh, Urban Oxology uh, released an album called Bread for the Journey. And this has really been coming out of the journey uh, that we've been on as a ministry um, and as people that have been uh, uh, endeavoring to do the ministry of reconciliation, endeavoring to do uh, the justice ministry, and then just basically being basic human beings that are just uh, trying to live a life that has purpose and meaning. And one of the things that we've discovered in Scripture is that this idea of bread is an idea uh, and an imagery, a metaphor that's oftentimes used in Scripture of the basic sustenance that God gives you in order for you to survive. And you see uh, um, bread is this kind of like basic level, but then you have this idea of like meat. And meat just tends to be this kind of extra blessing. But we see that God's a gracious and abundant and loving uh, uh, father and creator and wants to not just give us the basic or even give us an occasional blessing at times, but we see in this text this imagery of, of flourishing, this imagery 
of milk and honey. Can everybody say it with me, milk and honey? And so like milk and honey is this idea of flourishing. And so we see this imagery in Deuteronomy 8 where God is talking about bread that he provided uh, while they were in the wilderness, but he's trying to prepare them to be able to appreciate and sustain the milk and honey, the flourishing that God has them in this land. And one of the things that if you're going to live at all, and if you're a human being, there's going to come a point of time in your life, just like the people of Israel, where you sometimes will have milk and honey, sometimes you'll be in a situation like Egypt, which you don't want to be in, and sometimes you're in this place of in-between, where you're in a wilderness. And that's what we call the wilderness walk. You know, in the wilderness walk, you just oftentimes are walking in the cycle and you're trying to do the best that you know how to do, and you don't know how long it's going to last. But God has you here. And you're trying to wonder why in the world, God, do you have me in this place? You know, last week, one of the people that's dear to us in our ministry, uh, she lost her baby. It was a really sad situation. You know, they just moved to our uh, neighborhood to be part of our community. Um, they were, didn't sell the house before they moved, so they had a period of time where they were renting a house and still paying on a mortgage, and they didn't have a lot of bandwidth for that. They moved from a rural kind of area or college town into an urban city, and they're trying to adjust to that situation and then they find out that they're pregnant and they get super close uh, to pregnancy and the baby, they're about to have a gender reveal party and they find out that they lost their baby. That is something that's kind of like a wilderness experience. You're trying to wonder like, God, why in the world would you have me to go through this situation? And it was really weird uh, for me because that day I went to go take them some food and then I went to go visit my other friends that did have a baby. And you wonder why I sit and ask God the question, why is it that this person had the baby but this person didn't have a baby? I don't know about anybody here, but one of the struggles that that my wife and I have dealt with. We've celebrated 10 years of being married. And six of those 10 years, she struggled with chronic health problems. And you know, when you're married and you, um, at your wedding, you, when you talk about uh, for better or worse, sickness and health, for death do we part, you think about that when you're older. You think about that when you are like in your 70s and 80s and, and just everything's falling apart. But you don't think about that when you're in your 20s and your 30s. That's what you call a wilderness experience. Or there might be some people that have a, a calling of some sort to uh, uh, engage in something. I know for me and our ministry, uh, we six years ago also jumped into this ministry and we thought that things would um, take off more than what it has. 
And there are many times in my life that I'm thinking, God, why in the world did you have me out here doing this? It was better when I had my old job. There's a wilderness walk that we all go through and we could never choose to be in it. And we always ask the question, why? And in Deuteronomy 8, they tell you why. See, one of the things that God wants to do that we can always be assured of, that God wants to make sure that we're, we're flourishing. God wants to make sure that we are in a place of uh, flowing with milk and honey. And it's different for different people. But one thing that is true for everybody is that God cares and wants you to have the type of container that can contain the level of milk and honey that he wants you to have. And so what ends up happening with the wilderness uh, walk is that you're getting the discipline that you need in order to have the type of container that God wants you to have, to have the level of milk and honey that he wants you to have. Now, there's two things that's going on. One is that God's building you for tomorrow, but God has taken the bread and giving you the bread that you need today. But you're oftentimes wondering, Lord, how long is this, this, this manna going to last? This is getting uh, kind of monotonous. Uh, Lord, how long are, am I going to be walking around this wilderness, dealing with this kind of pain, dealing with the suffering? But one of the things that we could be sure if you find yourself in a moment like this is that God has never had the righteous forsaken or had his children begging bread. And God has a promised land on the other side for you that is for milk and honey, and he wants you to be able to maintain it, possess it, and not have it possess you. And so one of the things that we need to understand when we're in a wilderness moment is to realize that God cares about our character. He brings us into this uh, wilderness moment so that we can understand uh, uh, why we need God, the hunger that we have, the longing that we have, uh, humbles us. And it helps us to be, and again, to, to see our desperation and our need for God. One of the things that's really easy for us to do is that when we get into a place of prosperity, when we get into a place of milk and honey, we can forget God and we can often say, I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. I was the one that, that, that was able to do this. But God wants us to remember that he was the one that gave us the power and ability to obtain whatever wealth that we do have. We all have to go through the wilderness walk, and it's not like Monopoly where you can pass go, right? Anybody playing Monopoly out there? So here's the thing that when we're in a moment where God is going through a process of disciplining us, it can be hard sometimes to understand the difference between discipline and destruction. And, you know, this is my first time ever preaching in the um, northwest of America. So at this moment, we're having a cross-cultural experience. <laughs> and in the south, among black people, there's this thing that parents do called spanking. Have y'all heard that before? Okay, I didn't know, yeah, so I had some straight-up old-school parents, right? They believed in spanking. Uh, matter of fact, 
when I was younger, there was like these stories of these kids like calling the 911 to uh, uh, call about child abuse. And my mom was like, shoot, you, I'll give you the phone to call them and I'll let them take you. <laughs> but, you know, spare the ride, spoil the child. Like, that's what she always said. But, you know, one of the things that I remember, I would rather get a spanking from my dad than I would get a spanking from my mom. Part of the reason why was because um, my dad, you know, he was a, you know, a decent sized man. I was a little child. And so, you know, he would just kind of, he knew that he had a little bit of power. So he would just kind of like hold you up, one, two, three, and you're kind of like done. You know, he would explain what you're talking about and what you did wrong. He'll do one, two, three, he'll spank you, he'll give me a hug, let me know that he loves me, and he would, we would move on. My mom is a petite woman. And she would explain what was going on, and she would hug me afterwards, but she just had no idea. It was like the wrath of God. It was like, I did not tell you. And she would just go crazy. And I was like, I knew that she loved me. But at that time, it was really hard to know the difference between discipline and destruction. Like, it was craziness at that moment. I oftentimes think that our experience with God, when we're going through a time of discipline, it could feel like destruction. And I, I think... It's important, this text lets us know how do we know when God is disciplining us and when God is destroying us. We know that God is disciplining us to build a container for the milk and honey that he wants us to have. But one of the things that we can understand about God is that we don't have to worry about God trying to destroy his people. God is a very gracious God. God is a very loving God. God is a God that pursues us even when we don't pursue him. Now, one of the things that God also does is that he gives us what we want. And one of the things that we see here is that there's a warning that Moses gives to his people. He says, if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them. I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed like the other nations the Lord destroyed before you. So you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. See, what destroys us is not God, but it's idolatry. See, idolatry is us saying, God, I don't really want you to be God. There is something that I've created or there is something that was created for me that, um, that I am going to bow down, that I'm going to worship, that I'm going to obey. And what God does is like a good gentleman, he just kind of lets you give you what you want. And so when you do that, I mean, God's going to continue to pursue you. He's going to continue to uh, uh, um, say, hey, at any point you can come and, and you can obey me. You can uh, uh, obey my commandments. But I'm going to let you do what you do until you choose to go another direction. And what ends up happening is, is that when we engage in idolatry, injustice always happens. See, what this looks like is, is like if we give and, and make an idol out of work, which is a good thing, then what will happen, we'll begin to have some injustice to other relationships. Like, Maybe our families might start falling apart. 
or maybe our health starts falling apart. God doesn't have to send us anything to destroy us in order uh, um, to get us to stop working. We just let us keep on doing what we're doing. Matter of fact, if, if, if we make an idol out of um, our parenting and, and, and our children, then we'll begin to see there'll be things that come up that we can't control. And, and we aren't mindful of the fact that, yes, you know, we may have given birth to these children, but it's God. We're stewards of what God is the ultimate father and mother. And so there will be things that will happen and, and, and you will begin to see other areas of being neglect. You might uh, um, not take care of yourself. You might have like an order, or an ordinate amount of, of, of anxiety or something of that nature. But like a loving, gracious father that God is, he will always bring you back in to say, hey, you can follow and obey me at any point. I want to help you to have this container, to have a level of milk and honey that I want you to have. I am an abundant, gracious God. So two things you see that God hates in the world is, is, is idolatry and injustice. And, and what Andy Crouch says, the reason why God hates idolatry, idolatry and injustice is because they're both the same thing. So God is trying to prepare the people of God to possess the promised land, and he is telling them that they need to not commit idolatry in order to not be possessed by the gift that God is giving them. So we have to ask ourselves the question, how do we know and make sure that we stay out of idolatry? One of the days, um, my mom, she really loves to make sure everybody's healthy and is taken care of. And so she read somewhere that a microwave wasn't like a good thing because of those radio waves and all that type of stuff. And so she started doing these um, convention ovens. And it's like a little toaster that looks like a microwave, but it really isn't a, a microwave. And uh, my dad doesn't really know how to do a whole lot of stuff in the kitchen. Like, boiling water and making toast is about kind of what he does, right? And so my mom tends to kind of like, there's a place in like the dining room where she'll just kind of sit and, you know, on the computer and, and uh, maybe do couponing or whatever she does. And my dad came home one day and he was taking some toast, and he was putting it and trying to figure out how to use the con convention oven. And so he was like tapping around, trying to figure out how to use it, and it just was never working. And then he was like, hey, Brenda, Brenda, what's going on? How does this thing work? And so he's like, keep on working on it. She was like, hey, so what you do is you do step one, step two, step three. He kept on doing it. My mom's still working. She says again, do step one, step two, step three. He said, Brenda, it's not working. Can you come and help me? And he says, Emmett, did you plug it up? <laughs> and lo and behold, he didn't plug in. The question for you today, are you plugged in to the power source? Are you fasting, praying, reading the scriptures, because if you're not, 
inevitably idolatry is going to take over your life. We can live in our relationship with God by revelation, or we can live by tribulation. God is the gracious God that's pursuing us. And, and so if we're working by revelation, then we're going to be praying. We're going to be seeking the Lord in prayer. We're going to be uh, uh, seeking the Lord in scriptures. We're going to do the discipline of fasting and, and things of that nature, pursuing God, because we want to kind of hear the words of God so that that can sustain us. When Jesus was in the wilderness and he was tempted for 40 days, he, and, 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 and the enemy came to him, he said that, Man does not live by bread alone, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus learned how to survive the wilderness by living according to Revelation. Now, there's another way that God can deal with us. He can deal with us through tribulations. Do we live our life in a way where we spend our time in trials and we don't pay attention to God until something comes up that's inconvenient that we don't really want to have happen. And we just say, all right, God, can you get me out of this situation? God, I, I, I promise I'll read, read the Bible. I'll just, you just start kind of negotiating with God. Now, clearly we'll have, we can't prevent every single trial and tribulation, but it's our revelations that we get from God that prepares us for the tribulation that is to come or that wilderness experience, that wilderness walk and so that's the cycle that we want to do is we want to be prepared for when God has to go uh, through these situations and not be reactionary. We want to be plugged into the source. And so I just want to leave you all today with an encouragement to understand why God has us go through the wilderness walk. It's one, to build the container that he wants us to have to be able to contain the kind of milk and honey that he wants us to have. Two, God wants us to be plugged into the source so that when we come into a time of abundance, we would not forget God because the Lord does not want us to be destroyed through idolatry. Thank you very much. Let's pray. Lord, I pray wherever someone is today, um, whether they're in the midst of a wilderness walk or they're preparing for the next one, I pray, Lord, that you would help them to be plugged into the source. In the midst of um, engaging in um, justice work, in the midst of uh, trying to raise a family, in the midst of uh, um, as a single person, uh, uh, maybe engaging vocationally or, or trying to find places of uh, um, relationships where you're flourishing relationally. We can get super busy and we can oftentimes forget you and, and get our hearts turned towards idolatry. So Lord, we pray that wherever someone is today, that they would get reconnected with you. We pray in this time that your spirit would um, speak to us and help us to know what's the next step of action that we ought to engage in. Thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.